I'm Joni from Columbus, Ohio, and I recommend 3C Body Shop. Nobody wants to go back twice in one year for accident repairs. But after my first experience with 3C, it made perfect sense for me. 3C worked with my insurance and everything was handled perfectly. I'd recommend 3C to my friends, my family, and anyone that has been in an accident. 3C Body Shop, the finest in collision repair. Hey guys, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions like how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into the apps all the people like to listen to? And how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. It's called Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and extremely easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I've been using Anchor now for, oh, almost a year, and I really enjoy it. It's a lot easier than any of the other podcast apps I've ever tried. And again, it's free, guys. It really is free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, So if you want to get started on a podcast and making money doing it, then go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Anchor, the best way to podcast. Welcome to the Ranger Report Podcast. I am your host, Ben Dieter, as always. Always glad when you take the time to join us, listen, and uh, follow along with the podcast. Of course, the podcast is based out of therangerreport.com. Go there as often as you like. Uh, We post articles as often as we can. Um, And speaking of that, I have started a GoFundMe for this podcast and for the website. So if you look up the Ranger Report on GoFundMe, or it might be the Ranger Report podcast on GoFundMe, you will find a place where you can donate and help us get some audio equipment and some other things we need to get this thing up and running and help us to uh, secure some more interviews and things like that for you guys to listen to. So if you have supported us already, thank you. If you haven't, please consider it. Uh, you can also go to the Ranger Report uh, podcast page on therangerreport.com, and there's a link to click it there and donate so if you have again thank you and if you feel like it thank you as well if you don't that's all right please enjoy the ranger report podcast we've got a lot to talk about on this week's episode the rangers are playing some pretty good ball right now Uh, we've got bartolo cologne getting his uh, record win that we'll talk about we've got rugnit odor on a tear we'll look back on the trades the rangers made and see how they did, if we think they did well or not. And of course, as always, we'll look at some other things. We'll look toward the future. We'll talk a little bit about Globe Life Field and Texas Live. A lot to get to, so enjoy this podcast. All right, let's start this week talking about the trades that the Rangers made leading up to the trade deadline. 
I'd like to talk about the four trades in July in particular. That's the trading of Jesse Chavez, Cole Hamels, Keone Kella, and Jake Diekman. The first thing I want to say is that I like the fact the Rangers have three players to be named later in these deals. Two from the Cubs and one from the Pittsburgh Pirates. The reason I like this is that gives Daniels and his team more time to review and investigate to see if there are guys that they really like and that they really want to bring in. They have more time to work out deals for those guys and bring them in. In my opinion, that is a good thing. The Rangers get to pick up guys at a later date that they weren't sure on yet and they get to scout them a little more, scout a few other people they didn't maybe have a chance to look at as hard as they wanted to. And it gives them an opportunity really to improve the team more than if you just pick a couple players and go with it. Uh, I think a good thing. Let's look at the trades one by one. It began with Jesse Chavez going to the Cubs for left-handed pitcher Tyler Thomas. All right, so who is Tyler Thomas? Tyler Thomas is an A-ball pitcher, left-handed like we said. He's currently now with the Hickory Crawdads, which is one of the A-leagues. While he was with Chicago at their A-ball team, he was 3-5 and five with a 288 ERA in 14 starts. Uh, and in that league, his strikeout-to-walk ratio was fantastic. It was 81 strikeouts to 14 walks. And that is in 75 innings. So you're looking at a guy that has more than one strikeout per inning uh, in the single-A level. Since moving to the Rangers, he is 0-2 with a 4.15 ERA in three starts, but still he has struck out 14 and walked four in those three starts. So I think, again, he's not a guy, uh, Tyler Thomas, that we're going to see uh, at the Rangers level, uh, at you know, at the major league level for quite a while. It's not like uh, he's moving up right now or moving up next year. He's got a ways to go. But he's a good young talent, and I think the Rangers did good in bringing him in. Next, the Rangers traded Cole Hamels and some cash considerations to the Chicago Cubs again for right-handed pitcher Eddie Butler, right-handed pitcher Roley Lacey, and a player to be named later. Now, Butler, uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on him. He's with the Rangers. We actually get to see him. He was the major league piece that came back in the Cole Hamels trade. Um, before uh, today, this is being recorded on Wednesday, before today he was 2-2 two and two with a 4.56 ERA. That's combined with both teams. 13 strikeouts, 9 walks. Um, not, you know, not fantastic numbers, but he hasn't, he hasn't pitched that many games. He doesn't look bad as a Ranger so far, he's looked okay. He's had a shaky outing, and he's had a couple of decent outings. So whenever you switch to a new team, it's always a little difficult, you know, to get acclimated and to get going. I think Butler will work out just fine. The second man in the trade was Roley Lacey. Lacey is an A-plus ball with the Rangers, the Down East Ducks. I think it's the Down East Wood Ducks, if I'm correct. Um... When he was with the Cubs, A-plus ball, he was 1-1 with a 5-7-9 ERA in just 9 and a third innings pitched. He had 10 strikeouts while walking 4 guys. 
Uh, so far for the Ducks, and it's only two starts, not a lot of uh, not a lot to go on there. But he is 0-1 with a 270 ERA. He's thrown 10 innings, and uh, he struck out nine and walked six. So the walks are a little high, but again, he just got here only two starts. The Rangers do plan to develop Roly Lacey as a starter. Um, Lacey, again, should be a good prospect. He's a guy that we should see maybe 2021 in the Rangers organization. Um, you know, and this is all if they go normal. He may fast track. He may be really good and get better. But that's who the Rangers got in the Cole Hamels trade. And, of course, a player to be named later, as we talked about earlier. Things that I like. Next, the Rangers traded Keone Kella, which broke my heart because it's always nice to have a premier closer where the Rangers are, though. I'm not sure that they're going to need a premier closer for a couple of years. We'll talk about that later on in this podcast. So, they traded Keone Kella to the Pittsburgh Pirates for left-handed pitcher Taylor Hearn. Taylor Hearn was sent to the Frisco Rough Riders, and I will see if... Maybe we can score an interview with Taylor Hearn in the next couple of weeks and uh, chat with him about coming to Texas. In 2018, for the AA affiliate for the Pirates, Hearn was 3-6 and six with a 3-12 ERA in 19 starts. Again, 107 strikeouts and 38 walks. Uh, Frisco, of course, he's only had one start, but he won it and did it with a 1.69 ERA. I have a feeling that we will see Hearn in the next year. I would project that uh, that Hearn would be with the Rangers maybe as a September call-up or maybe in 2019 in some form or fashion. He is probably pretty close uh, to getting a look up here at the big leagues. And definitely he'll be in uh, Ranger camp next year when spring training rolls around. All right, lastly, let's look at the last trade the Rangers did where Jake Diekman had to cross from one locker room to the other while the Rangers were playing the Arizona Diamondbacks. And uh, the Rangers traded Jake Diekman to the Diamondbacks for right-handed pitcher Wei Chu Hyung. And I hope I'm saying that right. It's Wei Chu Hung, I believe. And a player to be named later, once again, something that I like. Uh, Hyung reported to the Frisco Rough Riders, just like Hearn. Uh, he was 2-1 and one with a 2.0 ERA in 10 games, 27 innings for the AA affiliate for uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. And since joining the Rough Riders, he's only thrown two innings, but he hasn't given up a run at this point. So, and again, he's a guy, maybe not, he's, he's small if you've seen him. If you go to therangerreport.com, I've got a picture of him on the website. He's a slight kind of small guy. So the odds of him uh, coming up too quickly I don't think are going to happen because I just think he's a little slight for being called up at this moment I think he needs some more time uh, down in the minor leagues to kind of strengthen himself up a little bit before he'll get called up so the Rangers did uh, okay they did a lot more they picked up more this year but I wanted to focus on those four so give me your opinion what do you think was it a winning or was it a losing trade market for the rangers this year they gave up four decent players you know some good pitchers uh all pitchers actually for future pitchers for prospects um some look really good some and you never know some turn out great 
and some turn out terrible. It just depends on how these things go. So that's something that we wanted to talk about tonight, just a little bit on the podcast, let you uh, let you weigh in too. Of course, you can always shoot me an email, ben at therangerreport.com. Uh, if you'd like to voice your opinion, if you go to anchor.com and look at the Ranger Report podcast, they have a place for you to record uh, an audio message you can leave, and we will play that on the next podcast. But we'd love to hear from you. Go to our Facebook page, the Ranger Report, or Twitter account, and shoot me a message on either one, and we'll be happy to respond to your questions, comments. If you think I'm an idiot, you can say that as well. won't hurt my feelings, I promise. Let's talk just a little bit about Big Sexy, uh, Bartolo Colon. That's right. Uh, Tuesday night in Arlington, Texas, Bartolo Colon became the winningest Latin-born pitcher in Major League Baseball history. Uh, he was stuck at 245 since June the 30th, waiting to get that number 246 to become the winningest Latin-born pitcher in Major League Baseball history. It's been a long journey. Cologne is 45 years old. This is his 21st Major League season. And uh, according to MLB.com, he was quoted saying, It was a long journey, but it finally came. And it feels good. I give thanks to my teammates because after the fourth inning, I was feeling better, a lot better. They scored a lot of runs for me, so I thank God, I thank my teammates, and as always, because they did a lot of run support. So he was very excited, of course, if you watch the game. The Rangers won 11-3 to against King Felix Hernandez, who we could spend a whole podcast talking about what's happened to him. It's kind of rough to watch. He did have that moment where he struck out Adrian Beltre and made him look bad and uh, had a little you know, giggle about it, thought it was funny, and then, of course, Beltre knocked a home run off of him later and handled it pretty well. I wasn't offended uh, by the King Felix laugh because... I mean, even Beltre was giggling a little bit. He did look really bad on that swing. Felix uh, fooled him pretty darn well on that pitch. Cologne now sits on top of the list of all Latin-born players. It's pretty amazing, you know, and it's pretty special, and Jeff Bannister talked about it a little bit after the game. He said, I got to watch Bartolo in 1995 when he was a young guy with a blazing fastball that just wiped everybody out. I've watched him throughout his career, been part of teams that have faced him. To be fortunate enough and blessed enough to be his manager for a period of time, to sit and watch and to know what he means to a group of guys inside that clubhouse, number of teammates along the way, they're probably saluting and maybe even tipping a glass to him in congratulations. So pretty amazing, and Cologne says he's not done yet. He has not finished uh, pursuing records. Uh, Dominican Juan Marichal has the most innings pitched by a Dominican, which is 3,507 innings. Cologne has pitched 3,445 roughly innings, so he has around 62 to go to catch that record. Personally, I don't think he's got 62 innings left this season. Um, I don't think he can hit it in the 2018 season. The Rangers are wanting to get a look at some younger guys, uh, like they are with Ariel Gerardo. Um I think they're going to do that, and I think that Cologne's innings, now that he's hit the record and 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 he's the winningest pitcher, uh, Latin American pitcher in Major League history, I have a feeling that he is not going to see as many starts 
since the Rangers aren't going anywhere, they're not following a path toward the playoffs, they're going to want to get a look at some more Harados and guys like that to give them a chance to kind of, you know, come up to the majors, work, and see what they're like. Because the Rangers need to find out what they have right now before the offseason hits. Because we'll talk about this later, not on this podcast, but later in the year. Obviously, they're going to, they need to get some more pitching over the offseason. They're losing just about everybody but Martin Perez and Ariel Harado if he sticks in the rotation for next year. So I don't think Cologne is going to hit that inning, uh, 62 innings for the rest of this year. But if he comes back for a 22nd season, won't it be fun to watch and see if he can break another record as a 46-year-old? He seems like he's the kind of guy who is never going to quit until, you know, he has to. It, uh, it'll be it'll be pretty interesting to see how his career wraps up. I don't think it's going to be this year. Let's shift gears and talk about the two-time AL Player of the Week, Rugnet Odor. Odor had an awful 2017. I mean, he batted 204, his on-base percentage was 252, and his slugging percentage was 397. 397, I mean, not good. His war, which is called wins above replacement, was negative 0.2, which means that when his replacement was out there, there was a slightly better chance that the Rangers would win. Also last year, he had 19 errors. He looked completely lost, and a lot of fans, myself included, kind of wanted him to go back down to the minors and get a look and kind of sort of try to heal himself or fix himself or figure it out because it was rough to watch him last season. It really was. So it was one of those things that, uh, you know, we all had to fight through. The Rangers were supposed to be good last year, but uh, just it just didn't happen. And then, of course, this year, same thing. The Rangers are not having a great season, but Rugnit Odor is having a much better season in 2018. Overall, he's having a good season, but let's break down the numbers a little bit. In the last 28 days... He's batting 375 with a 459 on base percentage and a 750 sl- uh, slugging percentage. Sorry, uh, and he's got seven home runs and 12 RBIs in the last 28 days. And there's a thing called BABIP, which is batting average with balls in play. Right now, it is 417. Now, if you go even closer in the last seven days from when uh, I wrote this article, which would have been August 3rd, so this is about a week ago. So in the last seven days at that point, yeah, he was even better. 421, 542, and 1.158 with four home runs and six RBIs. And five walks. Since the All-Star game, he's batting 404. He is, in short, playing the best baseball of his career, so... He deserved the AL uh, two-time player of the week. Let's look at his splits between right-handed and left-handed pitching. Uh, He's actually batting a little bit better against left-handed pitching, uh, 277 versus 263 versus right-handed pitching. And he's batting a lot better at home, 295, than on the road where he's hitting 239. He has definitely put together the kind of season that Rangers fans would want him to. He's looking like a premier second baseman with Elvis over there at short. 
So are we going to make the same mistake on Joey Gallo? You know, Joey Gallo, we all want him sent down. He can't hit, but he looks like he's starting to bring it together now as well. He's been walking more. He had a great single today in the game against Seattle, that Wednesday game that was on Facebook only, uh, which was quite interesting. So I think he's pulling it together as well, but it's been really nice to see Rugnit Odor playing as well as he is right now. I also think the weight of that contract kind of weighed him down last year, made him feel like he really had to perform and he tried way too hard and just couldn't pull it off. It's been good to see him playing the way that he is this year. Earlier in the podcast, we mentioned Ariel Harado. Well, he will have a big test tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit about what's coming up for the Rangers. They play four against the New York Yankees over the next four days in New York. Tomorrow, Harado will go up against Jay Happ. Jay Happ is 11-6 with a 4.05 ERA, while Harado is 2-1 with a 4.02 ERA. Of course, He's pitched very well in his last two outings, but this will be a big test for some reason. It seems like when guys get to that New York area and play in that New York ballpark, it will be a big test for him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. His first stint with the Rangers, that one game was not so good, so it'll be real interesting to see how he handles this game. Uh, then on Friday, you have Mike Miner versus Tanaka. That ought to be an interesting game. Again, the Yankees are just firing in all cylinders. Tanaka's nine and two with a three seventy six ERA. Miner is eight and six with a four fifty three ERA. And Miner, of course, has done well. The Rangers are trying to get him through an entire season, uh, starting where he gets to stay healthy and maybe come back next year. It sure would be nice to have someone else back next year besides Martin Perez. Miner might be that guy if he can finish out the season and prove that he can remain healthy. On a Saturday, you'll have Hutchison versus Lynn. Uh, Hutchinson is 1-2 with a 6-2-9 ERA for the Rangers, and Lynn is 8-8 eight eight with a 4.58 ERA for the Yanks. So, again, that's one that maybe they can get to that pitcher, and the way that they've been hitting the ball right now, I think they can maybe get to any of the pitchers. It'll be interesting to see if they can or if their bats go cold in New York. Sunday, Martin Perez will face off against CC Sabathia. Sabathia is 6-4 with a 3-4-9 ERA, while Perez is 2-4 with a 6-15 ERA. So, ought to be interesting uh, series this weekend. I really don't like Rangers-Yankees series because they never seem to go the Rangers' way, except in 2010 with the best Rangers-Yankees series ever. I think that the Rangers, though, are hitting at the right time. Their offense is firing on all cylinders right now. They're playing some really good defense. They are not making as many errors as they did earlier in the season, so they're looking to possibly hit the Yankees while they're at their hottest for the year. But, of course, the Yankees seem to be that team that can cool the Rangers down. Hopefully that does not happen. It should be a fun series. It should be a lot of runs scored, as we all know. Home runs are uh, pretty easy to hit in the Yankees' ballpark, kind of like the one that Joey Gallo hit today off off of basically his hands. You know, Yankee Stadium has that very short right field, and the Rangers have a ton of left-handed hitters. So do the Yankees. So you should see a lot of runs scored in this series between the Rangers and the Yankees. Let's talk a little bit about 
the silent uh, player who's having a good year, Elvis Andrus. Elvis had a little bit of difficulty earlier in the year with that broken arm uh, that he recovered from, and that's where Profar really got a lot of his playing time early on in the season. But Elvis is in the middle of a 19-game hitting streak. He's getting on base a lot. His defense has been phenomenal, but he's not really being talked about, and he can opt out of his contract at the end of this year. I think it would be a mistake for Elvis to opt out of his contract. I don't think... I think it would be great to see Elvis be a lifelong Ranger. That doesn't happen very often in this day and age. I know Derek Jeter was a lifelong Yankee, but even Michael Young was not a lifelong Ranger, and he was Mr. Ranger. Uh, Besides Adrian Beltre, he's probably the most beloved Ranger in recent memory. So Elvis, he's batting two eighty three. He has four home runs and 21 RBIs, four stolen bases, and his OPS is 754. But it's more the leadership, the intangibles, things like that that I've noticed this season when watching that makes me think that Elvis uh, is really having a better season than people have noticed. He is playing baseball at a super high level right now. I believe he's inspiring the guys around him. He's got a lot of people much younger than him playing with him right now. Guys like Kiner Falefa and Ronald Guzman uh, and, you know, Rugnid, Jerkson, Profar, all these young guys playing around him. And he kind of seems to be taking on that role as one of the team leaders. It's been fun to watch him. I've been watching the Rangers full time for a long time since he came up and replaced Michael Young. And it's just been amazing to watch this young man grow up in front of our eyes. And this year, I think he is playing at just a phenomenally high level. And nobody is really talking about it. Am I wrong? Uh, do you think he's not playing well? Or do you think he's playing wonderful? Or, you know, what are, what's your opinion? Again, please feel free to drop me a line and let me know what you think about it. I think he's having a great year. I think he's been so much fun to watch. And I'd like to see him continue as a ranger for a very long time now do you think he'll opt out of his contract or do you think he will stay with texas i would love to see him stay with texas i think a lot of it has to do if with if the rangers re-sign adrian beltre or not beltre wants to come back and continue playing with texas after this season is over Uh, of course as everybody knows elvis and beltre are so much fun to watch on the infield at shortstop and third It's been a joy to watch the two of them play together for all these years, uh, dating back to the 2011 World Series year. So, Elvis, I think just a phenomenal year, a phenomenal player, a good guy, and I'd love to see him stick in a Rangers uniform until he retires. Well, I believe that about wraps up everything that I wanted to talk about this week. Again, uh, please visit therangerreport.com for articles uh, and opinion pieces on your Texas Rangers. Uh, This podcast, listen as often as you can. You can find us literally everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor.com, Stitcher.com, and lots of other places that I have listed on therangerreport.com. You can catch this podcast. And again, don't forget to go to the GoFundMe site and uh, give us a little bit of money, throw a little money our way so that we can continue doing this thing. Uh, I am a teacher for a living, so I don't have, you know, 
lots of expendable cash, so I'd appreciate anything you would be willing to give to this uh, this attempt at making a good podcast. Um, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>